This is the Point of Drew Podcast. It's your boy B with your boy Z. We're back again. A uh, little hiatus. <laughs> we've been we've been a little busy over here. Um, lots going on, but we had to get back on the mics. Uh, the Druthers been begging for it. Um, so we got we got a fun episode ahead. What's going on, Z? Yo, what's going on? Finally back, back in the lab, back cooking in the studio. We got some good stuff in this episode. And I'm pumped for it, but just pumped to give the Drew through some content. We've been lacking the last couple of weeks, but uh, we got a good one coming. We, we do have a, an upgraded studio, um, so you'll probably hear it in the audio quality. I imagine it'll be up a notch. Um, so we'll be, we'll be bringing fire takes and with crisp audio today, so <laughs> be ready for it. Absolutely, but I mean, we got uh, a good agenda today. We're gonna kick it off uh, with some hot NBA stories and then, uh, you know, really the main course, we've got some NFL to catch up on. Um, and then finally, we'll end with a special guest kicking it off uh, with the MLB playoffs. Um, so we got a lot coming ahead, but uh, Point of Drew, we're happy to be back. Yes, sir. We're going to get into it. Uh, this episode primarily uh, going to be NFL focused. We've obviously missed the first four weeks, so bringing out some quarter season takes, some talk. Um, we'll unpack a lot uh, in the next segment, but the first one, a big game just happened, uh, a, a prospect game like we've never seen before, an NBA prospect game, I should say. Um, two of the most highly rated products we've seen um, in a couple of decades, maybe ever. Um, Victor Wimbenyama and, uh, and Scoot Henderson um, played played this week in Las Vegas, and uh, you know, the pretty epic matchup. I hadn't known a ton about the two uh, up until this week. Z, I think you've been following along a lot longer than I have. So um, let's start with Victor. Uh, Wimby, as they call him, uh, the Frenchman. Uh, let's, let's just give me the, the 411 on this guy. What's his, what's his game? Yeah, I mean, really, it's, it's not a game that's easy to describe because it's something we've never really seen. Uh, I mean, first off, he's seven foot four. Um, I mean, taller than Rudy Gobert, taller than Porzingis. Um, and kind of has a shot like KD. He can shoot from anywhere. He's pulling up from 40 feet. Um, he's got a bit of a handle too, can kind of get to the rim, can create for himself. Uh, has a little bit of like a, a Dirk-esque fadeaway um, that he kind of uses in the post. Um, I mean, really, it's, it's not a game I can make any comparisons to though. Uh, it's not something we've ever seen. And I mean, the way he's, you know, come onto the scene over the like, past year or so, um, it's really been serious. And I mean, moving forward, it looks like he is the clear number one pick in the 2023 NBA draft. And right now, I mean, I feel pretty confident saying he's the best NBA prospect I've really got to uh, pay attention to and watch well ahead of the NBA draft. Uh, obviously, never really got to walk much to like LeBron when, when he was like, you know, in high school back in 02. Um, but, but since then, um, I, I can pretty confidently say Victor Wimbenyama is the best prospect that I've been able to watch. Dude, I watched 10 minutes of him. It's like, this isn't real. This isn't real life. I mean, you've seen it all over Twitter. 
Um, he's he's making a splash on the scene. I think LeBron did with that um, that magazine cover, the chosen one coming in, and I feel like this game, at least to me, feels like. Wimby's coming out party, at least to the U.S. I think that was that maybe his first time playing on U.S. soil. Yeah, I think it was the first time he had played in the U.S. too. So uh, definitely got a lot of attention this past week. Two games, actually, that he played here. Yeah, he's an absolute freak. I would agree. I can't... You had LeBron, who was insane. KD was kind of like, you know, this seven-foot shooter who you hadn't really seen before but <laughs> this takes it to a, a complete another level yeah this is definitely another level i think part of it too is uh you know like katie wasn't even a number one pick you know the blazers still with odin maybe they shouldn't have but they did um i mean and people would probably argue since lebron zion's been that that number one prospect that we've got to watch but i think wimby is something that we have not seen no one can compare to this t- type of, of hype I think the tanking we're about to see this season is going to be crazy. Yeah, he's a foot taller than Zion. Uh, it's a definitely, definitely a different profile of the players, no doubt. And then, uh, so Wimby, man, that'll be that'll be cool to watch. He actually was going up against a, a consensus number two in the draft, at least at this point in time, a guy by the name of Scoot Henderson. I didn't know a ton about him. I thought he was going to – I heard a lot of chatter. Uh, so I assumed he was kind of like a 6'8", 6'9", wing, but – this guy's probably 6'2", maybe 6'3", and just a powerful guard who can kind of do it all. Yeah, I mean, really, really good point guard. And I, I get it. I would say if this was any other draft and, and Women Yama was not part of this picture, Scoot Henderson's an easy number one pick. Um, I mean, I think he is one of the most talented prospects that we've seen in a long-ass time. Um, he's just coming up in a year where there's this freak ahead of him. Uh, but Scoot Anderson, yeah, he, he would be a high school senior right now um, in Atlanta, but he's playing for the G League Elite this year. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, he, he really is kind of a guard. He can score at, at every level. He can, you know, get to the bucket. Uh, great creator and dribbler. He's got a really nice shot. Um, kind of can do it all. So, I mean, he's another prospect that's is well deserving of being taken number one overall. It just so happens he's in a year where um, he's got, you know, women Yama in front of him, which is, you know, just something we've never seen in, you know, maybe the history of the NBA. Yeah, from what I've seen of Scoot, man, he's a beast. He can he can do it all. Um he's got he's got it he's got the full package as they say. Um and it, I man, I don't know. I think yeah it's 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 Sucks and all, he's not going to be one overall, but that'll be kind of cool. Him and Wimby, think about if Scoot is as good as he could be, and, and you know, we, we've seen what Wimby could potentially be, so um, that's a fun draft class. They, they, they might have that bond at some point, yeah, definitely. And it's fun to just start talking about these guys a full year in advance, too. I mean, usually we start hearing about the NBA prospects like in the middle of the college basketball season, or people kind of start to develop leading up to you know, even six months prior to the draft, but. Um, we've still got a full season to go before these guys can even get drafted, uh, which just goes to show how impressive they are and how many eyes are already, uh, you know, garnering the, the attention of everyone uh, watching them in these random, you know, early October, uh, just random matchup games uh, really is pretty cool. I mean, these guys are truly going to be uh, probably faces that change the NBA. So how can uh, how can the Druthers um, continue to consume content, watch these guys play, ba- watch these guys hoop, 
um, over the next few months and until they're uh, they're up for the draft. Yeah, so I have no idea. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are like streams everywhere. I know the uh, G League team will. They're all on League Pass, so you can watch all those games, I think, on uh, NBA League Pass. A lot of them are on NBA TV and stuff, too, but uh, I assume it is not going to be difficult to find streams and find highlights for uh, Victor Wimanyama as well. It's got to be everywhere, because the stuff he's doing uh, definitely is not going unnoticed. That shit will be on Twitter, no doubt. Absolutely. Go on Twitter if you want to see Scoot and and Wimby go off over the next few months. Um, And yeah, that'll do it for the NBA. we will be right back uh, with the core of the segment, the NFL, um, after a word from our friends at Shug's Bagels. Okay, Druthers, big news from our friends over at Shug's Bagels. Shug's After Hours is officially live. Yes, it's true. The Druther favorite, the mecca of bagels in the state of Texas, Shug's is opening a late-night ghost kitchen concept that will operate on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. They'll be serving up all their traditional breakfast and lunch favorites, in addition to a few late-night classics. We're talking pizza bagels, mott sticks, even mac and cheese bites. Woo! (laughs) Not to mention a wide selection of bevies chock full of alcohol. This is not going to be something any Druther will want to miss out on. Go pay him a visit. Visit Late Night at their location in Park City's Village just off of SMU campus. Shug's After Hours. Open later than literally any other bagel shop in Texas. All right, Druthers. Quarter of the way into the NFL season. We haven't even talking about the NFL on the podcast yet, so we got a lot to cover right now, but I'm uh, pumped to get into it. Um, And start this off, Barton. Uh, we just watched one of the worst games I think I've ever, ever watched in NFL history last night, Thursday night football between, uh, uh, (laughs) I almost said Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson, uh, and his Denver Broncos in the, uh, Indianapolis Colts, a 12-9 overtime game. Um, what'd you think about that game last night? Man. Well, first off, I can't believe it's been four weeks and we're finally getting to unpack NFL. There's a lot to say. I have a lot of victory laps to take, but none <laughs> none longer than the one about Russell Wilson. <laughs> I, uh, I've i always been a hater of Russell Wilson's. It's well documented on this podcast. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I was a little worried about him going to the Broncos, but man... Oh man, has that been a disaster so far? And it was put on showcase on national television a few times and a few more times. I mean, I, we have to boycott the NFL and get get this team off of primetime games. I'm I'm not kidding at all. Like they they should they have no business being being on in primetime. Um, it's just a waste of time. And, and last night was uh, unbearable. Uh, so many interceptions. So the offensive lines couldn't hold up all. The quarterback play was abysmal. Um, both defenses, I think, are pretty chippy, but uh, the offenses just had no juice. Couldn't run the ball, couldn't do anything, and um, yeah, it was was a tough watch. But I actually enjoy anytime anytime Wilson, our boy Russ, is is really hurting. That's a fun that's a fun watch for me. Yeah, I know you do enjoy uh, being a Russ hater, but but why why has he been so bad? Like, what what's the reason for this? I. I well, my take goes is a little deep, more deep seated than most, <laughs> and a lot more personal. Yeah, I'm still working through that myself, but uh, 
Man, I honestly, like, you saw the pass he threw at the end of the game last night. Like, it, he had a receiver wide open, and he just thinks yeah. he can fit. Like, I honestly think it's he's, so, like, delusional. I, I really do. Like, I think, I mean, he has this message, this rah-rah thing. He's, he's like, a, a character of a person. Like, and, and I think he's taken the bit literally too far, and now it's just, like, his play's falling <laughs> yeah. off, and it's just, like, what is going on with this guy? Uh, lost the team, <laughs> lost the locker room. I mean, he doesn't have much help with their coach, but uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just shit show in Denver. Um, I'm sorry, man. And it, it was all. Yeah, I'm glad the Colts won. It makes me feel feel a little bit better that the Chiefs took it out of them. Yeah, I mean, I think you summed it up pretty well when you just said he he took the bit too far. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, but the, the last thing I wanted to to ask you, Martin, about this game. Uh, before we move on to, to conversations that people care about, I want you to give the, the Drew Thurs your best Broncos country let's ride. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, how does he say Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> That's pretty good. Pretty good. All right, well, moving on, like we were saying, quarter of the season um, is, is over with now. Or actually, not quite, because we've got a 17-game uh, schedule this year. But uh, four games through. Close enough. What was it, yeah. 5-8 or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> Something. I'm not going to try the math. Oh, yeah. We're like 23% of the way through the season, I think, if you round up. Uh, but quarter one winners. Uh, I'll give me uh, – we'll go back and forth here. We'll each give two winners through the first quarter of the season. But I'll let you kick it off. Give me, uh, give me one uh, winner from the first 22% of the NFL <laughs> season. <laughs> You're horrible with fractions. Um, my my first winner is uh, it's it's pretty easy, honestly. It's Jalen Hurts, and, and and I would go, I would lump in Philly as well. The Eagles, the only undefeated team left um, through the first four games. Hurts has been awesome. Um, you know, he's he's got a great O line, but he's been effective not only in the run, which we know he could do, but also in the pass, uh, getting. A.J. Brown and having Devonta Smith in his second year. He's got two elite receivers on, on both that can play outside, play inside. Um, good tight end. Uh, and, and he knows how to execute an offense and lead a team. So he's in the right situation, and, and everyone kind of knew that. I feel like they spoke about that. Seeing his success at Bama and then going to OU, having success, um, he's kind of got that intangible quality you need at QB. Um, and he's got all – he's got the right room uh, around him and apparently, <laughs> apparently the right coach. And our boy Nick Sirianni, and I mean, the, the fact that this team is four and zero after the Nassim trade fell through this summer, man, I'm telling you, that is uh, that's a miracle, uh, and it was not expected. So, so kudos to, to the the Eagles. Yeah, no, I think that's a good shout out there. Um, but I, I'm starting my uh, my winner list also in the NFC East. Um, not going with a team, but a player. I'm going with uh, winner Cooper Rush. I think that dude just probably earned himself $15 million with the way he's played over the last three weeks after Dak went down. Um, he's yet to throw an interception and has yet to lose a game. Uh, he's kind of holding the Cowboys in there right now. So uh, I think Cooper Rush actually is a huge winner from this quarter of the season. I mean, he's a name that not many people knew uh, would easily be forgotten about, but I think he's probably cemented himself as a, a solid backup quarterback for the rest of his career and probably earned himself another, you know, 10, 15 million over the next couple of years. 
um, in that backup role. I think it's ridiculous to do one saying there's going to be a quarterback controversy <laughs> between him and Dak. That can't be real. I love those rumors. Uh, but I kind of like it, too. And I like how Jerry Jones is feeding into it as well. Um, <laughs> so productive. Just sabotaging his own franchise. Uh, but I, I do think uh, one of the winners from this first quarter of the season has got to be Cooper Rush. He's, he has played well. That team has been... Uh, I'll give Mike McCarthy some credit. We, oh, we've no. given him a lot of shit on this podcast, rightfully so. Like, you don't trust or hire a guy with that face shape. We've said it over <laughs> and over again. But I will say he's got that team playing really well so far with the backup QB. Rush has done a good job of executing. Um, and I love the rumors about uh, Rush supplanting Dak as the starter. <laughs> it's just too good to be true. The Cowboys, they never, uh, they never cease to amaze us. No, never do. They've always got something. Well, uh, let's go on. Who's your second winner so far? This one was tough for me. I thought long and hard about it, but um, after last week, man, <laughs> it's it's too easy. It's got to be Zach Wilson. Um, <laughs> he starts out his season one and zero, and actually dunks on Kenny Pickett in game one, <laughs> which is that's the QB matchup. I think like everyone gets, but. Not everyone deserves that makes sense. Like only real football fans should really like be able to enjoy that matchup because it's not necessarily good football, but it's hilarious personalities and uh, terrific memes for that matter. And uh, Twitter was going nuts after the victory for, for Wilson. And um, I, I know I went out on the lamb uh, draft. What was it? Two years ago yeah. um, and, and bought in on Zach Wilson Maybe we haven't seen that yet, but um, I just want to know. I want everyone to know right now that I have not sold all my Wilson stock. Um, oh, man, I think he's got a chance still, and it's he's one and up. Take taking down Kenny Pickett. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you also have to add in uh, to the winner list with uh, some recent developments in the the Tom Brady Giselle marriage. There's now an opening for Zach Wilson to uh to maybe get involved with Giselle. So I mean. A lot of things uh, looking looking <laughs> off for Zach right now. Um, so, so I like that pick. That's a good one there. Uh, and then my second winner, um, it was going to be the Eagles. Um, you already hit on it, so I won't go too in-depth with it. But uh, only undefeated team left in the NFL. And they've been playing really well, kind of firing on all cylinders. Jalen Hurts has actually played a lot better than I was expecting. I mean, they got weapons at every position. Uh, really strong roster overall. So, man, uh, Eagles are definitely showing out through this first, uh, you know, almost quarter of a season. Man, they've been good. And to think, I mean, uh, after that off season too, the way they were able to rebound, what a, what a year. What a year. What a start. We'll see if they can keep it up. Uh, they do have a very easy schedule. There's been a lot of talk about, oh, is Philly going to go undefeated? <laughs> Possibly. I don't know, man. I don't know about that. Um, but they're, they're playing good ball right now. They're super healthy. Uh, I would keep that in mind. Yeah, I haven't heard anyone say, oh, are they going to go undefeated? <laughs> I'm not sure if that's real. But uh, anyway, Philly, clear winner from both of us through, through the first quarter of the season. Uh, moving on to the losing side right here. We'll do uh, two losers each again. Um, so I'll let you kick it off. Who is someone or a team or, or something that you consider to be a loser through this first quarter of the season? This one's super easy. Um, Carson Wentz um, and the Commanders both, yep. both get the uh, the losing vote here. Carson Wentz is horrible at quarterback. Um, he is just not a good football player in any way. 
Uh, and the Commanders are just a horrible franchise in general. Both can I would consider both the franchise and the, the player uh, losers. And um, so, yeah, resoundingly easiest pick I've ever made on this podcast. Uh, my lo- biggest loser for the first four weeks of this season, uh, Carson Wentz and the Commanders. Yeah, I think that's probably a very, very obvious one. So good call there. Uh, I'm going to start my loser list with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers in Mike Tomlin's entire career have not had a losing season. This season looks like it's going to be it. Um, Pittsburgh's 1-3 right now. Um, Mike Tomlin said he wasn't going to do it. He said my, uh, that uh, Mitch Trubisky's his guy, but they had to make the switch over to, uh, to Kitty Pickett. And uh, it's been rough for Kenny Pickett a little bit. Has it showed a showed some struggles uh, early, and and really uh, looks to me like the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the worst teams in football right now. So uh, I think clear early loser from the first quarter of the season has got to be the Steelers. Yeah, they, we haven't seen their best stuff. Uh, I will say they beat Cincy in Week One. They Pittsburgh. I guess they tied them, so I take that back. But. They, they always find a way to win these weird games. But I do think Pickett hasn't been great. He wasn't great in that, that first game. Um, but I do think he's an upgrade over Trubisky. So they're kind of a wait and see. Um, I do th- I, I'm do i not out on Pickett yet. But, um, yeah, Zach Wilson did just dunk on him. So what's good? <laughs> yeah, what's good? <laughs> All right, who's your second loser here? Uh, my second loser uh, is... <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, I hate to bring it back up. Um, I, I really didn't mean to. But Broncos fans at this point in time. Yeah. Um, as a Chiefs fan, I was pretty nervous um, about Russell Wilson coming to the Broncos. Already a team with a lot of uh, a lot of good pieces on their roster. Um, a team that's you know been a, a thorn in the Chiefs side previously. So there's some there's some history there. So I was, was getting a little bit nervous. Uh, a lot of roster talent. Russ Wilson has historically been a pretty pretty good quarterback. He won a Super Bowl. Um, we've seen him put up numbers. Uh, and man, to be a, a fan of that team and have some you know real preseason hype, some real expectations, and to know what you're getting—not just a bad team, but a horrendous offense, as we saw last night. I mean, to watching. What, however many more weeks of football that is for of, of Denver Broncos football, that's just a death sentence. So I'm sorry for all Broncos fans out there, but they're definitely not. They're just behind the Commanders and Carson Wentz, but loser number two through four weeks. Yeah, I think you're right about that. It's it's rough. Um, I'm going a different direction with my second loser here, um, and I'm going to say one of the biggest losers from this uh, NFL season so far is the NFL concussion protocol. I think we can uh, we we can say that uh, it has been completely mishandled. Everything doesn't make any sense. There's real no like uh, you know thought behind how it's actually working. And uh, clearly with the whole Tua situation, um, just the way that all went through and went down, uh, pretty rough to see, man. You feel bad for Tua, but uh, it's clear that the biggest loser is just this protocol in it. Just the statement that the NFL cares about the, the health and safety of their players after some of the stuff we're seeing. That was shocking. Uh, we we all watched it when Tua was like walking around like he's wasted, like can't stand up, and it's like, oh my god, like that's yeah. that's nuts. And then 
comes back into the second half, yeah. wins the game. Uh, like it was, I've never seen anything like it. But I mean, moves on. It's like all right, like well, I mean, he he played the second half. Why won't they start him the next week? So it's just a, it's a always a precedent setting thing where it's like okay, this yeah. is okay. And it's like the fact that he was came in after that second half. I mean. I don't know. Your boy, Mike McDaniel, brought him back in. So Yeah, like I've said, my my two fa- or worst, least favorite, <laughs> my two least favorite faces of the NFL are, are Joe Burrow and Mike McDaniel. Dude, the, come on. Those, you know those are my guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly why I hate them. <laughs> um, but cool, that's going to wrap it for our winners and losers. Uh, next up, though, I did want to ask, um, so, so your NFL league pass rankings through the first four games of the season. So who, who are your top three watches so far this year and why? All right. You want to, you want to count them down in reverse order from three? Yeah, let's go three. Yeah. Start with three and we'll go, we'll go back. We'll go one and one. Yeah. And, uh, as a caveat here, let's not include the chiefs. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, my number three on, uh, league watch league pass this year or through the first four weeks, I should say, is, is the Detroit Lions. Uh, I think they're a fun-ass team, man. And uh, even though Jared Goff's their quarterback, they, they score a lot of points somehow. Uh, got a good O-line, can run the ball, got a couple good receivers, good tight end. And uh, Goff can, I mean, if he's got time, he's been known to be able to put up numbers, and that's just what he's done with his Lions team. They also give up a lot of points, so a lot of shootouts, a lot of fun games so far. Um, I think every game they've been in has honestly been a ridiculous game. <laughs> like, yeah. So they, I mean, they're no doubt. I, they, I have to imagine at you being an ex or current Lions fan that they're on your list as well. But um, I'll, I'll pass it over to you for that. They were my number three. Okay. So there I'm with you. The Lions are uh, definitely on the top three league pass teams. So so far this season, um, in Detroit Lions games, there have been a total of 281 points scored. Um, which is by far the most of any other team. So the Lions have scored 140 points and had 141 points allowed so far. Um, that's the most by any team through the first four games of the season. Um, I mean, they, they hung 45 points on Seattle, um, and the, the Lions are allowing a little over 35 points per game against them. Um, so all those games are shootouts, but they've got a lot of offense and no defense at all, which always makes for a fun football. Hundred percent. Yeah, they've been Dan Campbell. It's all. It's all just content. It's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> um, number two for me. This is a bit predictable. It's a bit homerish. Um, obviously not the Chiefs, but the Bengals. I mean, for me, uh, that's going to be a league back, league pass team every time. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, um, T. Higgins. What a year he's having so far. They've been. A, they've sputtered a little bit on offense at times. Struggled to protect Burrow, but. Uh, you know, they've got a great defense. They play hard, and uh, you know, they're in a lot of close games. So generally a good watch, generally a watch I enjoy. Um, but I, I hope for their offense to pick up a little bit uh, as the year goes on. Did you enjoy watching the first two weeks of the season? <laughs> I did. I did not, actually. I was not a fan. Of, uh, <laughs> the, the week one game was pretty pretty fun, I would say, because, yeah, Burrow threw, like, what, four or five picks. I forget exactly what it was, but it was it was pretty back and forth. The second game was a, a trash watch. They got smothered by the Cowboys all game. I thought Burrow was actually going to get killed at one point. Yeah. <laughs> My number two team is uh, is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I mean, I, I think the Bills are a super solid overall team, and uh, a lot of their games have been fun so far this year. 
Uh, a couple close ones they've had, uh, especially like the Dolphins game. Even the Ravens game last week was a really good one. Um, so the Bills have been in some really fun games, and I think they're a really good team, which makes for a fun watch. So Bills are definitely up there on my list. MVP candidate at quarterback. Um, they're a team that, that is well-deserving to be on the top three of my uh, league pass ranks. For sure. I hope we don't have the same first pick. I don't know if we will. Okay, well, I had two teams that I think are worthy of this. Uh, both are are pretty dynamic. Um, <laughs> so you have two teams. Well, I have two teams I was going to pick, but I'm, I have one that's a, my decision. Uh, so the team that you were going to pick is left off the top three? Yeah, they're, okay. they're straight off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's how Good. I do things. Good call. Don't question my method. All right? I'm just, just wondering. The team I chose is uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they lose. Yeah, I know. Yeah, same. Um, well, all right. Fuck it. You, you go Baltimore. I'll, I'll go back to the team I kicked off. It's the Chargers. I didn't want to go with yeah. them because was, uh, yeah. they're in a division with the Chiefs. I just generally don't like the Chargers. But um, Herbert is a terrific quarterback, as we've seen. They like to do dumb shit too, which makes them inherently a fun, fun team to watch because you never know when they're gonna melt or if they're gonna melt. Mm-hmm. Um, Herbert every three or four games just has an unreal performance where he lights them up. Uh, they need Keenan Allen back, but super fun offense and a super talented defense that hasn't necessarily figured things out yet. But um, you know they'll play a game one of these days where they force three, four, five turnovers, and uh, that'll be fun one to watch. Yeah, definitely. I, I actually thought about putting the Chargers on my list at three before I put the the Lions there. So I do like that pick. Um, but I mean, I think the Ravens are deserving this number one spot. They've been super fun. Lamar has been falling out this year. Um, and honestly, I would probably put Lamar as, as my MVP favorite right now. Um, he's tied for the league lead in touchdowns, um, passing touchdowns. Guess who? Guess what two players he's tied with? Um, 11, 11 touchdown passes. Pat Mahomes. And? Is it Herbert? So Pat Mahomes? Not Herbert. Herbert's right now at 9. Lamar's at 11. Oh, uh, There's one other player at 11. It's not golf, is it? It's golf. <laughs> yeah, it's golf. Mahomes, Jackson, and Jared Goff. Um, but I mean, Lamar's been balling. So that's just passing touchdowns. That doesn't even touch rushing touchdowns, which Lamar is easily leading all quarterbacks in. Um, and I mean, Baltimore's been involved in a bunch of really fun games. I think they're a really good team. They've struggled with some of their. Uh, Play calling, I think, has been trash and, and have had a little bit of trouble finishing out some games. Um, so they definitely need to um, improve a little bit there. But all their games have been fun. They've got a high-powered offense um, and have some receivers and offensive players actually stepping up, um, like Bateman and Duvernay actually making some plays. So uh, that's a really fun team to watch. That'll wrap it up for the uh, the league pass rankings. I think a lot of good teams are a lot of the same teams. It's some there's there's a clear line of like who's fun to watch and who's not. So please NFL get the Broncos the hell yeah. off of show <laughs> prime time. Yeah, and put the Lions on. <laughs> yes, come on, put Dan Campbell on prime time. Yeah. All right, before we close things out, every NFL segment we do this year, we're going to be closing out with our Shug Bagels Player of the Week, but. Uh, before we close it out, um, I think I gotta have the floor for a couple minutes of Chiefs talk, uh, and then I mean, who's your favorite team these days? If you want to go on like 
Ravens. I'd say Ravens. Okay. Yeah. Ravens and Lions. Okay. The Chiefs yeah. are probably the top five. Yeah, sure, for sure, for sure. But you go with the Chiefs. We'll let you take it away. So give us your thoughts so far. Um, four games into the season. Chiefs are three and one. Um, only loss so far this season coming to the Indianapolis Colts, um, which was not a not a, a a great game by any means. But uh, tell us what you think about the season so far and kind of what you're expecting the rest of the way. Yeah, there's there's a few things I've, I've been really pumped with and a few things I haven't been. Um, usually how it goes, but. I mean, things that have plagued the Chiefs in the past, particularly last season, slow start, um, were defense and offensive line. And uh, I think both of those are looking pretty good at this point. The defense has been terrific, uh, top 10 in the NFL. Uh, if you can be in that you know, top 10, top half for sure, but top 10 specifically, yeah. um, you know, that'll get it done based on what Pat and the offense can do. Um, so that's, that's exactly what we need from that group. And then uh, the offensive line, in, in, in most of the games played so far, they've been pretty good. They got beat up in the Chargers game, but uh, the Chargers have some elite personnel at the, the D-line, um, that, that front seven position. So it wasn't exactly an easy matchup. I wasn't impressed with their performance, but um, those groups have been good. Groups that I have not been super impressed with, receivers, uh, first and foremost. Sky Moore on kick, on punt. I mean, yeah. it's ultimately, the, the Colts game was such a shit show, you could blame it on a, a hundred different things, but um, it's got to be on Sky Moore. Not, not only the muff on the first punt, but also the fair catch. I mean, every, every punt he went in there for, they had to get him out of the game. Um, I don't know why they're using him back there anyway. McCole Harvin's been a, a better punt returner um, his whole career, I think, and, and w- would be the ideal guy there. So I, I, don't, I don't know what the change is there, but... The special teams, on that note, um, yeah. it goes goes. I was talking about Sky Moore, who's technically a receiver, but special teams has been right on that. Obviously, Bucker going out in the first game. Just let our guy Justin Reed go to work. Yeah. I mean, why why bring in uh, fucking Danny Amendola or whatever his name? Matt Amendola, <laughs> Danny Amendola's brother. Um, and I guess this guy Matt Wright came out of nowhere and and, and did okay uh, in the Tampa Bay game. But special teams receiver room, I think those need a little work. Got to figure it out. But hey, three and one, we'll take it. Um, that's enough Chiefs talk. I can't, I can't bore the Druthers too much, but um, I will say to close it out, the divisional path looks a lot easier than we were expecting yeah. four weeks ago, all thanks to our guy, uh, Russ Wilson. So, you the man, Russ. Yeah. Say that again? <laughs> no, but let, let's wrap up the NFL here. Uh, before we get, get over to our special guest, let's wrap up this, uh, this NFL by, by going through our Shugs Bagels Player of the Month. Um, so through the first four weeks of the NFL season, give us your Shugs Bagels player. This one for me, uh, it's a tough call. There's a lot of good, good options. Uh, I'm going to go with Micah Parsons. Um, he's been the most impactful defensive player so far. A um, lot of disruption. Uh, they, he, he's become quite possibly the, the best pass rusher in the entire NFL. Uh, and, and it's been quick. I mean, he, this is year two for the guy. And he wasn't even a pass rusher in college. Um, he was a stand-up outside linebacker. So, I mean, t- completely different position, but has matured a lot and has been completely disruptive. Cowboys are 3-1 and one because of that defense, and, and Micah Parsons is truly what makes that defense great. Trevon Diggs, great start as well. But 
Um, damn, Cowboys are, uh, are are a lot better than I thought roster-wise. We said earlier, Mike McCarthy, he's holding the shit down. You never thought you'd see it. but And Jerry Jones is still stirring shit up at the top. So we'll see what happens with the team. But, um, you know, they're 3-1 and one on the – on the backs of that defense, and a lot of that has uh, has been Micah Parsons. So willing a team to three and one with backup QB, um, a division that they weren't expecting to be as good. I mean, they're still in it now, and it's it's mostly I would say uh, up attributed to uh, Micah Parsons. Yeah, I think that's a really good uh, really good pick there. Micah Parsons, uh, just in a second year, looks like a, a defensive player of the year candidate for sure. Um, so I like that pick. Um, I was going to go with my boy Lamar. I really do think Lamar is is possibly the MVP front runner right now. Um, I think Mahomes is probably right there with him. Um, I mean, they basically have identical stats right now uh, all the way across the board from um, pass yards to completion percentage. Um, they're tied for, for touchdowns, uh, pat, passing TDs. Um, Mahomes has two less picks, but uh, basically the same QBR right now. So... Uh, I think it's neck and neck with both of them, but um, I think Lamar's going out there and, and trying to go chase Dude. the bag. So uh, I know I know what you're doing, and it's just fucking, <laughs> you're taking every opportunity you can just to get under my skin and make it Lamar Mahomes. Where he's oh yeah, the same amount of touchdowns, less interception. Like come on, man. Like <laughs> we have Pat Mahomes, but uh, yeah, we okay, fair, fair. fair. <laughs> No, but I do. I do think it's between both of those guys right now at the front of the MVP race. Um, I kind of expect it from Mahomes. I really do think Mahomes is probably the best quarterback in the Dark league. Dark horse, though. He's only played uh, one game, but he's one and zero. Who? Zach Wilson. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, you know, if we want to talk about dark horses, then I would probably go with Geno Smith. True. He's no. I mean, dark horse at this point. He's been electric so far. Uh, he Geno Smith is is confirmed the man. <laughs> yeah, he's got the POD stamp of approval. Confirmed the man. <laughs> but that's gonna wrap it up for uh for NFL. Uh, good segment here. Should we'll, we just all right? I'm gonna have to call an audible here. Should we just give Shugs Bagels Player of the Month to Geno? Let's give Shugs Bagels Player of the Month to Geno Smith. That'll that'll do it. Absolutely, good call there. I'm glad we could come to a consensus. Um, that's going to wrap it up for this segment on NFL. Um, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back and we're going to hit some MLB playoff previews. Um, we've got a special guest ready to join us. talked NBA, we talked NFL, the MLB playoffs have arrived, it's October, uh, and to unpack the upcoming playoffs, we have a good friend of mine, a friend of the program, I would say, I would consider him a Druther, but uh, his much-awaited debut, uh, my NF, er, excuse me, MLB insider, Hunter Hicks. Happy to be here, glad to finally uh, make an appearance, it's been long talked about, um, I'm glad I could uh, spare a few minutes for you guys. Yeah, we know uh, we know you got a super packed schedule and a lot of bets you could be off placing and winning some money. So to, to give a few of your minutes back to the pod really means a lot to us. It's on anything for you, my friend. <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, I'm, I'm going to say it hasn't 
You know, I booked a lot of guests for this show, and it wasn't easy getting you, man. Like, uh, your manager's not a, a not a fun person to, to operate with, and um, I'm just glad you could fit us in your schedule. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the previous guest list, so uh, strides for the program with, with me here. Um, but like I said, glad to be here. Glad to, glad to have lots of friends. Well, I mean, I, I hope you do get some predictions correct um, on this segment, unlike our, our friend Spencer Brewster. I uh, heard of that kid. Not too good. Yeah, we brought him on to talk college football, and he basically got everything he said wrong. Um, <laughs> Almost as impressive as getting everything right. Yeah, so I mean, Just that's going to lead me into it. We want to know what is right. We want to know the picks that we should be on. We want to know who's going to win each of these series. And I uh, really kind of want to start with previewing the wild card matchup. So, uh, Barton, maybe you can just kind of lead us through each matchup, and then we need to hear your picks, Hunter, and kind of hear your insight on each of these matchups. Yeah, I mean, we get, we got four matchups this year. Uh, a lot of wild card teams on each side, four on each side. Um, in, in the AL, the, the game that happened uh, earlier today, um, the Guardians and the Rays are playing – uh, and then you've also got the battle for the North, <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays and the Seattle Mariners. It's a fun one. Both teams are uh, practically Canadian, so we'll see what happens there. And in the, in the NL, um, Phillies Cardinals. That's a fun one. The Cardinals have been great all year. Um, Phillies have have been surging as of late. Um, so that that that'll be a good series. And then um, the final one, the the poor Mets uh, somehow find a way to lose the division. Um, they'll be taking on the Padres. Um, so yeah, four four great series. A couple games happened already today. So um, Hunter, you know, let's start there. A uh, couple games happened. We'll start with the, the Rays Guardians. If you have winners, losers for today, you know, let let. It... Yeah, what a start, honestly. McClanahan, one of my favorite pitchers uh, all year, had a AL Cy Young bet on him. Unfortunately, Verlander just didn't falter down the stretch. But what a game. Uh, my biggest winner, actually, of today in general was Shane Bieber and the, and the Guardians, uh, Indians, out of respect. Um, but Shane Bieber was just everything he needed to do today was there. Eight Ks, uh, one run, um, paint and corners. Uh, they, they did everything they needed to win. McClanahan was great, too. Uh, one pitch uh, that was just down the middle and hung up a little bit too much is the only difference in that game. But uh, the Guardians are great, uh, and they're a dangerous team because if you get to the end of a game with a bullpen like that and Emmanuel Kloss, it's hard to beat him. It's hard to hit uh, that guy. So I, I think that was a great game to start off. Uh, I have the Rays winning this series. Uh, I still like the Rays. Um, I don't like the Guardians pitching. I think it's going to be uh, tough for them to go down, go down the stretch with only Shane Bieber, the true ace they got. Yeah, the uh, McClanahan was pretty nails. Like, who is it? Ramirez. Ramirez got on that one. Yeah, Jose Ramirez, who again has been phenomenal this year. The guy's not a good baseball player. The guy is a great baseball player. Right, and man, I was not expecting the Guardians to make this type of run this season. Um, and and to, to hear you talk about him like a real with the bullpen they have. Uh, Bieber obviously has been great. Um, they might have a chance to not only advance in the wild card round but further. And they're a team that truly could uh, kind of, if they get they get some steam behind them, they could really do it. I mean, I think they just sucked the life out of the White Sox fans this year and have just ridden that the entire time. So if they can ride that through the playoffs, then they may have a serious chance. Good momentum. The other game that occurred 
uh, today at this point while we're, while we're recording this was the Phillies Cardinals, and that one was a fun one. I know the one that you were on the wrong side of, so um, oh. please just talk us through that. Yeah, uh, I was big on the on the Cardinals coming in here. The Cardinals have such a great team. Took them to win the World Series right after, uh, right before the trade deadline. Then they get Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery has been phenomenal for them um, down the stretch. Uh, Cardinals are great, and then the Cardinals did everything they needed to win. Quintana had a great game. Um, they get it up two zero, and then Ryan Helsley, of all people, who's been arguably one of the best closers. Uh, this year just gets cooked and unfortunately not for them there's no way he's pitching tomorrow so the Cardinals are in a pretty bad spot and they had a really tough spot with the Phillies having to go Nola Wheeler um, in, a, in a best of th- get, uh, three series that's a tough two spot to have to go through so they really need to win today um, it's going to be tough tomorrow going against Nola with uh, Miklas on the mound not a fan yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, I kind of agree with you there. But, um, I mean, you mentioned earlier, too, now the, the, the Mets. So let's move on to that series. we got the Padres and Mets going at it. Um, what are your thoughts on that series? What do you think is going to go down? I'm going to say this here right now. I have, the, I have the Mets winning it all. I love the oh. Mets. I don't know why I do. I think they are the best all-around team. And I think the Mets fandom just needs somebody to back them, unlike their own fans. Right. So I'm going to take that place and, and be a staunch Mets supporter outside of my own Houston Astros. Um, the Mets are just uh, all around, from, from the bats, the, the bullpen, the rotation. Everything's there, just outside of uh, the fandom and, and the curse that is surrounding them. Because we all know, it doesn't matter how good this team is. They're going to lose, and they're going to find a way to do it in the most miserable and painful way where, where the fans are just going to write about it and, and, and bitch about it for the entire offseason. So I am going for the Mets. I think they're phenomenal. Um, Scherzer DeGrom, again, one of the hardest two steps uh, to go through. But uh, if, if they lose tonight, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a wild 24 hours to see what happens tomorrow. It's been it's been crazy, man. I would I, I'm siding with you where – I've kind of turned into a little bit of a Mets fan this season. It's kind of fun. Fun team, man. Fun to watch. I love the Diaz thing they do. Like, fun. The fan base has been loving it. And then this last couple months, it's been, like, complete. They just turn on the team. And the team needs them more than ever right now. Like, okay, you're in the wild, you're in the wild card round. Deal with it. You know, get through it. You know, it, can, it can create momentum for you to continue through the playoffs. They've got a terrific team, a terrific owner. The fan base, man, the fan base, it started to remind me of the – a little bit of the Chiefs fan base, like the Chiefs became so entitled, and Mets haven't won anything, but after the first Super Bowl and then losing the, the Tampa Bay Super Bowl, everyone was just ripping, everyone was like ripping the team and th- thought it was such an underachievement, and it's like, this shit's hard to do, so I don't, I just don't get it from the Mets fan base in terms of just turning on the team that's brought them su- to such highs this season, and before, it's not like they've exited the playoffs yet, so I just, I man, I just don't get it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they didn't have DeGrom for, for over half the year and still have just a, such a complete team. So I find it hilarious that, that their fans will turn on them this quickly. Um, and, and the Braves think's hilarious, the fact that they end up being swept and just put themselves yeah. in this shitty spot where they're going to have to play in the wild card. But um, when it comes down to it, I think overall best team in baseball. Man, that's a good take. I, I, we'll see what happens in that series, but I think that's a good one. 
Um, last wild card series here, Mariners and Blue Jays. Uh, as Barton mentioned, the battle for the North. Uh, I know the Barton's, king of the North. <laughs> Barton's got an eye on this one. So uh, who do you think is coming out as the king of the North? Well, one, I think the Blue Jays made a dire mistake by letting the Vax rule go. Because think about it. If you, if you, if you stay strict with that, you're losing teams could be losing half their players by the time they come to play you. You have a you have an advantage that nobody else has. So their first mistake was uh, not requiring everyone to be vaxxed. But uh, the Mariners did everything they needed to do today. Uh, they came out the gates hot, scored three in the first. Alf Manoa, trash, bodied, trash. Luis Castillo was one of, if not the best, uh, trade deadline pickups. He's been Nails. phenomenal, so good. Really wanted the Strohs to get him. Um, so, so I, I love the Mariners. They're a fun team. Uh, they're they're a team that kind of I feel like everyone has found uh, started supporting from from the very get go. Um, they're another really good team that, and they're one of those teams that you just get the vibe if they get some steam, if they get a couple wins and, and get some momentum, they're a team that truly could kind of run with it. Um, and I think people would love to see that. They're, both those teams, we were talking about league pass teams in the NFL. It's commonly used for the NBA. But both those teams, I think the Blue Jays and the Mariners, are such fun teams to, to watch and support. And would agree with you, the Thai France and that, that team the Mariners have is, is talented. And that f- fan base, I would never have expected it. You know, the, the Seattle Mariners fan base to be such loyal, staunch supporters. But, man, they go hard for that team. Um, they've been starved for quite some time since since the early, I think, 2000s, I believe. I'm pretty sure the city of Seattle has been disarray since the Supersonics were taken from them. So uh, I think they're well, going to... Our boy them. Russ Wilson got him one. Don't forget it. <laughs> yeah. Russell Wilson or Russell Westbrook? Which, which one plays for the Broncos now? <laughs> I forget. Oh, God. But, yeah, man, I'm going back to... I think that, that series is, is super fun to watch. The Mariners look like they got him in game one, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule the Blue Jays out. Yeah, I wouldn't at all. Um, Kevin, Kevin, the gas man, Gossman on the mound tomorrow, big fan of him. Um, Dan it, Dunning? Dan Dunning, unfortunately, not here anymore. So, um, but, but the gas man is on the mound. Robbie Ray, uh, reigning Cy Young champion, also on the mound. It, it should be a great game. Uh, Blue Jays obviously need to win this one, but, but Kevin, Ga- Kevin, the gas man. Yeah, is going to be the guy who's going to carry them if they're going to win this uh, and, and move on to the divisional round. Yeah, so you mentioned the divisional round right there. Well, let's talk about who is the, the toughest, in your opinion, the toughest divisional team um, that, that we'll see. I think it's going to be the Braves. Um, they have, and I'm not a big guy that likes to go momentum and all that. I think it changes a little bit when you get to October and playoff baseball, but they're hot. They are hot, and they are all around just such a great team. Um, everything about them is good. Again, another team that is fun to root for. Uh, the Braves, it, it, I wouldn't want to have to to run across them um, on my way to, to the World Series. So I think the Braves are going to be the hard, toughest. And, and actually, friend of the program, Logan Bush, actually just sat down. Um, hey, Logan, do you have anything to, uh, to say about your Atlanta Braves going into this postseason? Don't jinx them, but anything. No, go Braves. I think, um, I think we're going to prove that, uh, that we're the class of the National League. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, um, I like our chances against really pretty much anybody we go up against. Logan, as someone who did not bet on the Braves, could you just clearly tell me that the Braves are going to win the World Series so, so we know they won't? 
<laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I will say that um, I think um, I think all twelve teams can uh, can win, but I do feel good about my team. I really I really believe that though this year in baseball, I think that any of these teams could get hot um, outside of the maybe the two teams that lost tonight um, or lost today. All right. Well, thanks for the info, Bush. <laughs> let's let's keep going here. So uh, you've got the Braves as the toughest divisional team. Uh, how about the weakest? Who's someone you think uh, is on the way out? Did someone say hot take alert because I have one for you? Oh, let's hear it. The Los Angeles Dodgers oh, is the team I would want to have to play in the divisional round. Uh, don't get me wrong. They're a great team. They can they can put up you know 10 on you on any given night. The lineup is stacked um, from 1 to 9. But... Starting pitching, I think, is what really dictates a lot of this stuff. Uh, Kershaw is Kershaw, but we've all seen how he struggled in the playoffs. Uh, I still think he's a phenomenal pitcher. Outside of him, I think every single one of those starting pitchers is beatable. Uh, Julio Urias, I mean, he can't see out of one eye, so I don't even know why he's still in there. But uh, <laughs> then you got then you got Tyler Anderson, very beatable. Uh, Andrew Heaney, very beatable, and I'm a I'm a Stanny. Which I love Andrew Heaney, but again, very okay. beatable. I just don't think a Stanny, Stanny. I just made it up right now, okay. but I am <laughs> Stanny, nice. trademark copyright. Um, I just don't think that that starting pitching can can do it for you. Their bull, it, their bullpen's great if they get games where you can get five innings, five you know innings, maybe one two runs, they can beat you, and they will. But uh, if I had to play any team in a best of seven series, it'd be the Dodgers. That's surprising to hear. It's it's music to my ears. I'm tired of the Dodgers uh, making it to the World Series, winning the World Series. I'd like to see a, a new team. When did they win the World Series? Well, a couple years back. What, what year was that? I, oh, was that the oh yeah the Astro COVID year? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't oh, yeah. think anyone when, truly won that. When year. Justin Turner went out and was in doubt, Justin Turner <laughs> yeah. went out on the field with COVID and no mask on. Yeah, that, that was yeah. Danger to society, and we're gonna we're gonna say they won. Not me. Fair, Not fair, me. Fair enough. The Astros yeah. did cheat your team, so let's. We don't need to rehash that one though. Oh, uh, yeah. was this on the script today? I didn't work this. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, some hot takes. Uh, you know, saying the Dodgers COVID year didn't count. You're also also vouching for the Blue Jays to bring back their backs rule. So listen, I, I mean, care. Seems, I, I care about people's on. I can tell, yeah, and I actually really appreciate that. I think that's a good quality. That... Well, I think it just hurt their chances. They could, they could have had a strategic advantage to enforce that. Rule. They still got Whit Merrifield. They he, got va- he got vaxxed for the Blue Jays for the city of Toronto, and that goes to show you what kind of guy Whit is. Great guy. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ. He underachieved his entire tenure in KC. But hey, we're not going to go there. Speaking of hot takes. Yeah, well, let's keep on the roll of hot takes. And, and I want to hear some of your bets. Um, I know you have some, some bets for uh, the Saturday games. Uh, but really, I just wanted to hear if you have any series bets first. Are there, are there any series that you've put money on so far? Or any? Uh, I mean, you mentioned you think the Mets are winning the World Series. Is there any money behind uh, some of these hot takes you're spending out right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, put your money where your mouth is, as they say. Uh, so currently, for for the divisional series, I got I got the Rays. Um, may load up a little bit more tomorrow with Glass now on the mound. Um, I also have the Mariners. They were plus one fifty against the Blue Jays, which to me just made no sense, almost to the point where I didn't want to bet on them. But 
Mariners plus 150. Value is too good. Yeah, I mean, it's just too yeah. much. And I don't think the Blue Jays are that good in general. They, they have nice bats, pretty average bullpen, and then a pretty shaky rotation. Um, the, the, that made no sense that they were plus 150. Um, and that's those are the only series bets that I have for, for this first round. Um, World Series... Uh, if we want to get to that, then then there's something. Yeah, well, let's let's get to that. I mean, we got to wrap things up here. Uh, World Series prediction. Like I know I know you took quite a few quite a few <laughs> futures on on different teams, but like let's put all the chips in the ta- on the on the table here and push them in. And, and who are you going with? Who's winning the World Series, Hunter? New York Mets will win the World Series. And then, and then you heard it here first. Is that a I, I know no Mets fan will tell you that. You definitely heard it here first. Um, also, it's a system play. I'm not sure how familiar your listeners are with the system, but uh, there's a guy named what, Logan Bush. Uh, you pretty much just got to ask him what he's taking. You take the opposite. <laughs> my, my W2 has thanked me, uh, to say the least. But yeah, no, no, I think it's going to be Mets Astros. Uh, I think the Mets will win it. It, it, it pains me to say it. Um, but yeah, as far as World Series bets, I have the Cardinals. I think they got it. I took Cardinals back uh, before the All-Star break. I think, like I said, they got a pretty bad shake of things. They're not a team built for best of three. They have a tough two-step. Doesn't make me love it. Uh, and then I also have Mets. I think they're the best teams uh, given their odds. I mean, they're only plus 850 when I got them right now. But uh, I think that they should be at least plus 500. Man, I'm, I'm hoping... I'm really hoping for a, a Mets Yanks series, just because man, that would uh, that it would be electric. That would yeah. be not only electric, but that would put a lot of stress on a lot of people that we know. So <laughs> um, maybe I don't wish for that, but man, it'd be fun to see a subway a subway world subway series world series would be would would be one to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. You think that's the, the preferred matchup you'd like to see, Martin? Man, I, I mean. Whoever, I mean, whoever comes out of the North, whoever the king of the North is, that'd be, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be great to see them come out of the AL, but uh, if not, yeah, the Yanks. Yeah. I think anyone, I'm with anyone but the Astros. Yeah, I don't want to see the Astros become the kings of the North. <laughs> well, that wouldn't make any sense. Josh Bell just homered two, Padres two, Mets zero. Oh. Logan, who'd you say that to hammer right before right before we It's start the reverse work? psychology, baby. I'll be I'll be happy if they lose. I'm gonna break the Mets. I'm gonna break them. Alright, well this seems like a good time to get to cut the pod. We're gonna check out of here. Uh but Hunter, thanks for coming on, man, breaking down some of the uh the MLB playoff race. Happy to be here, uh and, and, and happy to give your listeners uh, the the system plays that have made me so successful in the end playing uh, for the short six months that I've been on Logan. Yeah, really, really nice guy. I know you've made a lot of money off of Faden Logan, and, and I mean, that's what make, makes your time so valuable while well, you could only uh, spare a couple minutes for us today, but the, the time is very much appreciated. Yeah, of course, anytime. All right, well, that'll do it. Thank you, Hunter, for coming on. Uh, see you another another good episode. Um, and, hey, we're not going to be gone this long uh, again. We'll be back. Maybe not next week, but soon. We'll be back soon. So. <laughs> we'll be back eventually. Y'all know where to find us. Point of Drew. Uh, hit us up. Let us know what you guys want to hear about. 
Um, and we will be back, like Bart says, soon. <laughs> Talk to y'all later. later. Peace.